2: Hey, it's the DFS pregame show. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka blender Ed, aka Blender HD. If people don't know that it's blender Ed, they matter. High definition blending. I don't know. I don't know why you want to call it that. Uh, or, or also the person that's hopefully on top of you in some of the contests tonight, yesterday. So I, I, I haven't been playing. I haven't been doing well. So you're probably on top of me uh, the past past week or so. And uh, and this is the show. If if you didn't already know, the early show the pregame show on Roto-Grinders, where uh, we review yesterday's slate and then talk strategically about uh, today's slate because uh, it's, it's NBA and uh, anything that I say right now may not even matter, right? Uh, five hours from now, doesn't matter. Are we, I mean, we're playing Spurs today, right? Got Aldridge, Purdles out, right? That type of stuff, right? Well, what else is going on? Well, let me take a look. We got Spurs. We got that uh, Grizzlies, the Hawks game. That looks that looks juicy, but who knows? Who knows? Someone sits. This guy's out, right? I'm doing optimal lineups here, seeing what's going on. But yesterday, we got to talk about yesterday, right? And before we talk about yesterday, you have to hit the like button, right? That like the little like and subscribed, and just just hit hit whatever, hit, hit hit anything. And and there's a big change, big change. If if you know me, when it comes to the like and subscribe button, everyone uh, everyone wants to keep the coffee hot. I, I'm I'm sad. I'm sad to inform you. There's no more coffee. There's no more coffee. You're hitting the like button to keep the apple juice cold. Okay. Okay. No more coffee for me. I can't drink. I, I got, I got sick last Tuesday, stomach problems and it's, and coffee is not good for your stomach. So no more coffee, no more caffeine. I can't, I can't have it anymore. Either that or I'll be dead. So there'll be no show anyway. So I don't think that's a good idea in the first place. So, so hit that like and subscribe button to keep my apple juice cold right? Because warm apple juice, I mean, who wants to drink warm apple juice? Ah, nice cold apple juice in the morning. I even got a banana. See, I'm, I'm eating healthy, right? So if you want to keep my banana soft, right? Or, or whatever, I don't know. The banana's going to be fine in an hour from now, right? You don't have to do anything for the banana, right? But I got my banana, I got my apple juice, right? Healthy. We want to keep our lineup healthy, right? I know we play DFS and we sit in front of computers all day, but we should try to keep our, try to get, get up once and, every once in a while, right? So you want to keep your lineups healthy. You want to keep yourself hydrated, right? This is, it's going to turn into a health show every once in a while, I guess. So hit that like and subscribe. If you don't want me to die, hit that, hit that thumbs up button. That's, that's, a, that, that's a good way to put it, okay? Because uh, I'm on three times this week and then next week, and I'm on all the time now, right? Hopefully I don't die. So if you hit that thumbs up button, I don't die. I think that's that, that's a good way a good way of uh, of soliciting for likes, I guess. So we got we got the chat room going right YouTube chat. You could always post your questions in the chat on YouTube. Okay, any strategy questions at all doesn't have to do with yesterday's slate, today's slate, whatever. I'll yell at you no matter what, right? So we got Robert Gall here, Stephen Smith, Jose Flores, right? Uh, let's see. Daniel Durango, soft banana. That's an o- that's over fifty issue. Oh, okay. I'm I'm ten years away from that. So if you want to keep my banana hard, right? Then you hit the like button. Is that what we should be doing? Should I, should I even be eating on the show? Why did I even bring a banana? I have no idea. Right? What's next? No cigarettes. Yeah, that's co- that's coming close. Right? I'm weaning I'm weaning off cigarettes as well. So I I, I got to stay alive. I got to stay alive for the pregame show. That's the only reason. Right. You don't care. If it wasn't for this show, you wouldn't care about me whatsoever. But I give you the good strategy advice, right? Hopefully yesterday, uh, did, well, what, I was on crunch time over the weekend, right, for the premium members, right? If you're not signed up for premium, I don't know what you're doing. $40 a month, rotogrinders.com slash premium. We have a crunch time show like a half an hour before for the premium members. And uh, I said yesterday, the biggest decision that you're going to have to make is on uh, Jokic and LeBron for your lineup construction on DraftKings. I mean I guess on on FanDuel as well, right? Uh what were you going to do at center and then are you going to play LeBron? Cuz I'm not sure uh at the moment of Locke, at least before we knew that Anthony Davis was out, I didn't know if he, he, there was enough there was enough good enough value to play both of them. So but center the center position yesterday was horrible. So I mean you could you could have played uh like Henson, you could have played Henson in that spot. You could have played I guess like a Giles, a Boucher, because uh, Ibaka was out. You could have done that, but I think it was a, more of a priority to play Jokic yesterday than LeBron. Now, of course, LeBron put up seventy-five points at nearly fifty percent ownership in the in the fifteen-dollar and what? And and yeah, across the board, he was very highly owned. Uh, and then it's just a matter of what what value spots did you use? So like Jeremy Grant, Norman Powell, that made sense. I guess a little Damian Lee. That was okay. I mean, once Jordan Poole was ruled in, Damian Lee's value went down a, a little bit, a little bit, I guess. You could have played Marquise Chris in the center spot, which is okay. I mean, he, he, he did okay. 34 points for his price. Wasn't bad. But really from a line of construction standpoint is what were you doing with Jokic and what were you doing with LeBron? And we see across the contests that uh, LeBron was much higher owned in the higher stakes contests. And, this is going to be a recurring theme on every show, not, a, not just today. But yesterday, we had four games. We had four games, yet in the late games, there was news. Anthony Davis sat. We got Jordan Poole in, although he was listed as probable. Dre was out, right? He got ruled out. So what were the late swapping possibilities? So I wanted to show, like, Kyle Kuzma is not a, is not a guy that you would have played, like, before the Anthony Davis news. But we see that in low stakes, only 13%. $15 shoot around, 19%. In the 555, 29%. People taking advantage of late swap. The, the, the sharp players do. If you're playing the low stakes contests, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming if you're watching this show, you take advantage of the late swap on, on draftings, Not just for if one of your players is injured, but if news changes. So like Danny Green, another one. 9% in the low stakes we see here, 19% in the higher stakes. Okay, taking advantage of late swap. We could also take a look at like Toscano Anderson over here. I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, he was in the rotation anyway, uh, even with Dre out. Uh, Jordan Poole, 9% in higher stakes, 5% in lower stakes down over here. Or Dragon Bender, I guess, right? Some of some of the the, the Warriors guys because of that news. Uh, so that's why I take I like taking a look at the high stakes, mid stakes, low stakes, like a low stakes contest that like the, the sharp players, the, the high volume players can't enter the and one, the $1.20 max I can't be in. So I like, I like seeing the difference and that highlights the fact that I say all the time, if you're playing low stakes contests, take, be more inclined to go heavier on the late news than you would in the higher stakes because typically the higher stakes players react to it efficiently enough, maybe not efficiently enough, but no, but so much, but so much so that you may not get as much of an advantage on late swaps. That's why we saw LeBron move up in, 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 in ownership. Because once AD gets ruled out, it's like, how could I, how could I jam in LeBron? How could I play Kuzma? How could I play like a McGee or something like that in my lineup? So you see that the sharper players take advantage of those spots. Now, obviously, you can't do them in lineups where you've already spent money, right? You already, you already have Jokic in your lineup. You already have Beal in your lineup. You pretty, pretty much can't play LeBron. So you, you can't use that, but you could, definitely, you could definitely use a Kuzma. You could definitely use a Danny Green, right? So that's why really looking at this, going through, obviously seeing, you know, who you needed a OG Ananobi last night, right? OG Ananobi, 7% across the board. No OG, no cash, right? You know, when... Uh, when you're, what, 5K and you put up 60 points? Yeah, that, that that's going to happen. Uh, some people play Boucher. He didn't do really anything, right? Howard, not so much. McGee, I mean, okay, I guess he got there. But, I mean, take a look at McGee. McGee, higher stakes, 8%. Lower stakes, 2%. So much more of an advantage is playing at lower stakes. You play McGee at lower stakes, you get so much more leverage for, from what someone that should be higher owned based on the situation, right? I mean, even if you take a look at LeBron, LeBron shouldn't have been just 40% owned in the N1. He should have been higher. And if you're jamming him in, in that contest, you're, you're getting an advantage for every lineup that you're using him in because he's going to be under-owned for what he should be versus in the higher stakes, maybe efficiently or overowned. right? So you have more of advantage at the low stakes, taking advantage of the late news. So do it. I'm telling you, do it. Over time, you're going to make more money. Okay? So in the chat, everyone's in the chat talking about the banana. What's wrong with the banana? Now you're going to make fun of me for eating healthy, right? What's wrong with the banana, right? Wayne Stevens says, if your hard banana helps me, uh, you're here. Okay, Okay, I guess so. I don't have a hard, see, it's not hard. The banana is fine, but the other banana, that's it's not hard during a show. Okay. QQ from Steven Smith in the YouTube chat. Post your questions there. There's no problem in doing so. We're gonna take a look at some players. Uh we're gonna take a look at some uh some sharp players and see and see what they did yesterday. But uh he says, was there enough value Golden Was there enough value Golden State to pivot to Braun or Joker if you already had one of them on already? I think of Golden State. I mean you could have played Bender. You could have played, uh, I mean, Pool was $4,500. Anderson was cheap. I mean, you could have. I mean, you could have done it. Was it a necessity? I mean, it turned out it probably was a necessity. You got 75 points. But was it an absolute necessity? No. I mean, you could have played, Danny Green was 3100 So, I mean, you could have played LeBron and Danny Green. You could have played Kuzma was cheap enough. I mean, you you, you could have gotten there. If you had two spots and enough, and what? 14,000 salary. I mean, you could have gotten there. Uh, it turns out you would have wanted to do that, but I mean, if you didn't, so be it. But we take a look. I mean, look at, look at, look at the difference. Uh, like LeBron was, was owned enough, but I mean, we can take a look at like Vevo, who basically just said, uh, uh, AD is out. I'm going to start jamming it in. I mean, we're going to see with all these players that all of them utilize late, late swap. I'm I'm assuming at least. I mean, with, I'm assuming they didn't have some of these players as high as they did before news, right? Because we take a look at like, so like we go down and we take a look at, uh, for instance, I mean, who are we going to look at? Like Danny Green. Like Danny Green, I mean, wasn't much of a play. So I mean, outside of uh, ending over here, I mean, I don't don't think most people would have been on Danny Green. I mean, he was 3,100. I guess he would have gathered some ownership but maybe not so much without a- AD being out. We take a look at like Dragon Bender. We got a little here, barely. Toscano Anderson. Oh, well, we got a Brick 75 went a whole heavy on Toscano Anderson. 20 points, not like horrible. Not going to win a GPP. Uh, let's see. Markeith Morris even, right? A little bit, a little switching. switchers, switches, switcheroo. Michael Mulder. Now, no one played Michael Mulder. Who got 26 points? You could have played Michael Mulder. You take a look. Where's Kuzma? I want to take a look. Where's this Kuzma ownership? Okay, here we go with Kuzma. 19.32% in, this is the $15 uh, shoot around yesterday. So Kuzma, I mean, outside of what? Uh, what, these two guys, what? Brick 75 and Bebo, You could see, where is it? 26%, 46%, 19%, 37%. Obviously, the, the, no one would have been playing Kuzma with AD. Yet right? I mean, Kuzma would not have been 19%, right? And uh, De- 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 Devin wants to, wants me to pull up him. Pull up from the $1 contest on DK, you use Okay. He's, 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 he's texting me. Devo Kenevo. Okay. Hey, I think he only wants, uh, De- Devin only wants me to pull him up because he did well yesterday. I think that's what he wants, right? Show me. Show me, right? Let's see. Let's let's see. Okay. Okay. Just to, just to play, you got to please the producer, right? Let, let's let's bring up let's bring up the N one. Okay. Let's bring up. Okay. Where are we going? Where am I going? Results DB. Where where is it? I can't even find it. Great. It's always good. It's always good when I can't even find it. Let's go. Let's 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 see what Devin did. Let's let's yell at him. Okay. We got the contest. We got the N one. Where's the N one? One dollar take a look. Let's see. Let's see what he did. Oh, there we go. 182nd? Oh, you didn't do that. Come on. Really? I thought he did better than that. You had 20 entries. Yeah, it's a 20 max contest. So let's see. Okay, so so Devin played Bradley Beal, Shabazz Navy. Oh, just all that. Oh, 100%. Oh, now I see. Now I see why Devin wanted me to show this. Because Devin's a fortune teller, right? <laughs> right, OG Ananobi. Why not? But to, to to be fair, to be fair, uh if you if a lot of people were playing Raptors yesterday, you know, playing, playing uh Ronda Hollis Jefferson, playing uh playing Lowry, I guess, playing some Siakam, I guess, but a little bit more so on FanDuel. Uh the pivot there is if he was still wanting to play Raptors, I mean OG still, I mean, he's still a starter, right? He still plays. Uh, Van Vliet's out. Vaca's out. Why not? You, sure. I, I've done it also. I think the the last, remember when OG got like 50 plus points the last time I had him in like half my lineups. So I can't blame him. So yeah, he played a hundred percent OG Ananobi, uh, Jordan Poole, Chris. I mean, he basically, he basically took the, the case of like, I'm going to just make my core, right? This type of core. And then just fill them, fill people in, right? For 20 lineups. Not bad. Right. I'm not sure if I would have went with this specific core, but uh, not just me. I probably wouldn't have been a fan of playing Beal and Napier together, uh, being that they, you know, they take shots away from each other. But uh, I mean, yes, I guess Napier was was cheap enough that you could do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Wiggins, Wiggins, fine, 44 points. Wiggins, Chris, Poole. Yeah, it, To me, to me, this core... Uh, shares too too much uh, negative correlation to me for a large for a large field GPP like to play Wiggins Chris and Poole together it's just like how they all have to get there and then in there eh, well Wiggins Wiggins almost got there forty four uh, Chris was okay I mean he got there and Poole got there I mean they they got there enough right But right I mean obviously he needed OG yesterday okay so so Devin wanted me to show that so let me go to the real good players. I like to well, let me show you what the, what the producer of the show did for 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 his, for his, for his good day. Let's go back to the people that actually make money. Right? Okay. <laughs> uh a lot of people didn't like Beal was like from a lot of the sharper players. A lot a lot of the sharper players went under on Beal. Uh and I think on DraftKings rightfully so, given his given his his ownership at what, 9900 at 40% ownership, I I would have been under also, right? Yet you, you, you had other options. I, would, I, didn't, I had no problem being at the field weight of like a Grant or a Powell. They, a, lot of, a lot of people went under on Lee. I get it also. It's like shooting dependent type of players, players that need to hit a lot of shots. Now, obviously, Beal is the highest usage player on the Wizards, but if he's going to be that high owned. That's why I take a look at Jokic at 23%. To me, that's a deal. Like I get the reason why a lot of people went over on Jokic, but the 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 like I said yesterday with the the center position being key, if you didn't play Jokic, what what did you do? Because we take a look here at like ending eleven percent Jokic. So like where where's he? What what center is he playing? Right, probably a lot of Christian Wood, right? Christian Wood, Marquise Chris, well nine percent there. Uh, Siakam is center eligible, so he could play. I'm surprised Rondé Hollis-Jefferson isn't seller eligible, but I don't know. Siakam center eligible. RJ isn't center eligible. And one of them plays center and the other one doesn't. I don't get it. Maybe drafting changes it next slate, But you see a lot more Henson, right? Henson was fairly popular uh, amongst the sharper players. He was most, most of were over on Henson. We got most on over on Lowry. Got some over on Jamal Murray. We got Drew, a little Drew Holiday over here, Jordan Poole. I mean, this is what you look at. You take a look, results DB, it's free on Roto Grinders. So go and take a look at some good players. I just pulled out, I pulled out six. You could, you could anyone. Look, look at what we did. We lo- we looked, we looked at Devin's lineups. You can look at your own lineups, you can look at my lineups, you can look at anyone's lineups. You should be doing this every day. This is what I do every day in the morning. Just just obviously without coffee now. Right. Apple juice. The, the apple juice is cold. Still feels cold. That means you're hitting the like button, right? If you want to keep my apple juice cold, it's see, it's not as appealing. Right? Keeping the coffee hot, I think people can get behind. People are like, yeah, well, I want to keep this coffee hot. Because no one wants to drink cold coffee. But it's like, like, it's not gonna get that cold, right? It's not like this is gonna this is gonna just like, oh, it's so warm, I can't drink it or anything like that. I don't know. I don't maybe the likes are gonna go down on this show. You don't get behind the the cold apple juice movement, I guess. Because because uh, you're not going to see me drinking coffee. So, so you, I'm going to have to find it. I'm going to have to find a different shtick, right, if the apple juice doesn't work. Okay. Uh, QQ from Young, Putt. Young Pup. Young Pup. Young uh, Pup. How many players do you normally have in your player pool? It depends on the slate. There's no number. There's no, like, you could play 150 lineups and have, like, 16 people in your player pool. It could be a 10-game slate. You could have... 20 people in your player pool. You could be a four-game slate and you could have 30 players in your player pool. It really all depends on how much diversification that you want, okay? Because you could take a look at even just the, the players that I brought up, like these six players. Like we look down, and like giant squid, if we just sort by this and just count, right? Right, if we count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 20-ish, So about 30 players, maybe, 27. This is only a four-game slate. You have 27 players, right? Ending, about about, all around similar, 20-ish for a four-game slate. But I mean, you also, I could pull up players here that played player pools of like 18, right? 16. They just went all in, right? I mean, we took a look. LeBron, look at all these blues here. So if we go by the field, I mean, look, Christian Wood, 86. I mean, just like, well, power forwards, take it up, done, right? 88% Norman Powell. Don't have to worry about shooting guard, right? LeBron, 93%. John Henson, 94%. So like most of Bev Woe's lineups were LeBron-Henson lineups. If you want to do that, then you have a less of a player, pool, right? If you want to go, like if we take a look at Brick 75, much more balanced, right? Still only about 20, 25-ish, but like no one one at like 90%. So like 58, 51, 41, 34, more diverse lineups. So if you want more diverse lineups, you you want a bigger player pool and you want your exposures to be not like dramatically high. So you get, of course, obviously you have more ways to, to lose as well as more ways to win. Because if you have if you have eighty six percent Christian Wood and forty six percent Kyle Lowry and they hit, like you have a lot of lineups that have a good chance at winning first place, right? Bebo, if LeBron and and Henson you know go off, it's like you don't have to worry about those slots in your lineup anymore. So then you could just start getting diverse in the other spots in your lineups. So it really depends on on your risk tolerance. That's why there's no right answer to that question. But you need eight guys in a lineup, right? For NBA, you could play have a player pool of. 12, right? You can play 20 lineups and have a player pool of 12 and just basically play every possible combination of those 12. And if you got the right 12, essentially like all your lineups are great. I mean, you you could be first, eighth, 12th. I mean, you can, you have a lot of, a lot of outs for first place, but of course if one, if one or two of you guys dud, like all your lineups are dead. So that's it's really a matter of risk tolerance. Do you want to build tight core lineups that if, if you're right on those, you have a lot of outs on the other spots to win big, but if you're wrong on if you're wrong on your core, then you have no shot of winning anything. So it's higher variance to play that way. So there's no there's no right answer to how many people should be in your player pool. There's, there's none. Certain slates, sometimes sometimes I find uh my the amount the amount of players that I play for my player pool a lot of times depends on positional scarcity. So I'm looking for high probability plays. So like on yesterday's slate, I may look at and go, okay, let me include like, what guys am I including my player pool? LeBron BL, like, I'm taking a look at all the, obviously the higher own guys, right? Taking a look at all of these and going, okay, I want to play a bunch of those. Who, who am I lacking? What positions am I lacking on? Like center spot yesterday? I thought was weak. I didn't think Henson was that great. I didn't want to play Boucher off the bench. I didn't want to uh, Christian Wood in the center slot. Okay, I can. So like my 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 attitude was I'm just going to go heavy on Jokic. I'm just uh, doesn't matter how many people are in my player pool. Like am I going to just add centers that I really don't think are are optimal or have ceilings in order to do that just to have more players in my player pool? No. I'm going to go I think it's a, a I think it's a weak position. I'm gonna, I'm going to build a lot of Jokic builds. Jokic non-LeBron builds. Obviously, that didn't that wasn't good yesterday. But that's how I determine how many players are going to be in my player pool because I need I still need positions. If I if I go through and I go okay, oh, I'm going to include 20 players in my player pool of players that I want to play, and then I see I only have two small forwards. Like obviously, they're going to have to be in like all the lineups. And if those small forwards are like uh, uh, like Danny Green and uh, and. Juan, Toscano, Anderson, like I have to be comfortable right then if I only have those two in my player pool, then I'm going to play at least 50% of each, right? If I don't want to play 50% of each of those guys, then I need to add more small forwards, right? I need to, I, I need to find so, someone to put there. Or or maybe I go the opposite way. said Instead of having two, I just have one and just plug them in 100%. Who cares? Those are the determination factors that you should think of when, how many players do you have in your player pool? There's no number. There's no right number. There's no. Well, on a ten game slate, you have this, and on a four game slate, you have that. It's like it all depends on your risk tolerance. How much diversification do you want to have in your lineups? And like on today's slate, we see that if you want to play a lot of a lot of Rudy Gay, small forward, forty three hundred, and you just say screw it, I want one hundred percent of them. Well, there's there's one slot in your lineup that you don't have to worry about, so you, your player pool can shrink further. He's just gonna play 100 percent Rudy Gay, right? If you don't want to play 100 percent if you want to you, now you got to build it. You got to build it even wider. So it really comes down to that. So if there are the more smash plays there are on a slate, probably the less your player pool would be. Because you're more inclined on smash plays to be over the field, to be overweight on that, which means they're occupying spots and rosters that you don't need other players for. So that that's really what you should be thinking about when it comes to a player pool. Daniel Durango says, "Cold apple juice and hard bananas. Not only DFS content, but real life content, both invaluable. And I, I, I should not be the bastion of good health, right? Don't don't take don't take my health advice whatsoever. Okay, just because I'm I'm eating a little bit healthier uh, and, and and cutting back on some unhealthy stuff doesn't does, does mean doesn't mean you can't, right? That's what I should be saying, right? Because uh, the more the more crap you put in your body, the less the less healthy you'll feel." maybe your mind is whatever, and then you don't build good lineups. So I do better in the contests, but I mean, but that's not the purpose of the show. I want to help you make good lineups, good lineups, especially for the large field GPPs. You want to bank one of those, right? Take down a hundred K or something. Uh, Young pup also says, thanks for the show. You're the only reason I even bought the premium package. haven't made any money back, but still trying. Okay. Okay. Keep on going. It depends on what you're playing. I, 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 it's how I learned. All I, all I can tell you is that I eat my own dog food. So, like, I got Roto-Grinders premium, what, four years ago? When I started, I was a no one, right? And this is how I learned how to play. So, that's, that's all I can tell you. I think it's worthwhile. I mean, I'd pay for it even if I didn't work for RotoGrinders. grinders uh, You do have a question. Jose Flores, what is the minimum you could put in a player pool and still generate lineups? Well, eight, right? You could generate one lineup with eight. If you have nine in your player pool, I guess technically you could generate eight lineups. It depends on the salaries, right? It depends on the positions and the salaries, obviously. You can't put eight play can, I, on this slate. Let's We can't just put, oh, I'm going to put Giannis Harden, Young, Don, I'm going to put all the 10K guys in my player pool. Generate. you can't generate any lineup. Yeah, you can only spend 50K. So obviously, obviously, salaries matter, positions matter. That's why you have to look at those things. That's why I said yesterday if if I'm building let's get Devin, let's get his lineups out of here. If I'm building a lot of Jokic lineups, I know I can't have a ton of LeBron. Or if I'm building Jokic LeBron lineups, I know I'm going to need more cheaper players. The 4K, 3K, 4K guys. So you have to think in terms of that when you build your player pool. Right? So if we take a look at today's slate, like if I'm like, "Oh, I want to play a lot of a lot of uh <coughs> Luka Young lineups, Like they're both guard, they're both point guards, right? So now you're taking up two point guards spots, you're taking up two guard spots with 10K guys, which means you're going to have to find, okay, I need to find some cheap forwards. I mean, essentially that's what you have to be thinking of. If you want to play those types of lineups, you have to look at what position are you paying up at and then what position do you have to pay down at? If you want to play, let's say you want to play, I want to play a lot of, a lot of, Luca and Whiteside. It's like, well, now you don't have to worry about center anymore. You still have to find cheap forwards, right? You need to find cheap forwards to play. Let's say, you, let's say you, now, okay, you're not going to play Trey or Luca. I want to play lineups that are like Giannis. I want to play Giannis Collins lineups. They're both power forward, right? Now you got to find cheap guards. Do you see how that works? Depending on your construction, you need to find the players that fit in those constructions. Sometimes on some slates, you don't find people that are in those ranges that are appealing enough to play. You can't, you, yes, you can play them, but maybe you look and go, maybe that construction is not as optimal for large field GPPs because the options that it gives me in those price ranges don't have high enough probability ceilings. Maybe you play some lineups with that construction. You can still build, you can use the lineup builder. You can still end up building Now, if you're building 50 lineups and you want to have five that are like that, you can, but as a predominant strategy, it's probably not a good idea, right? So, I mean, we take a look on this slate. This is just preliminary projections, by the way. What we're looking at right now is under premium, rotogrinders.com slash premium. So sign up. These projections will change. You'll get the smash percentage. You'll get the point per dollar. You'll get the projected ownership, which obviously is fluid. I mean, this is. I mean, it's what? It's eleven thirty-two in the morning, right? All this stuff changes, right? We we got we got. I mean, we got. Look, Vuch, it's thirty-six percent. I don't think he's going to be that high owned. Randall, I don't think he's going to be that high owned, right? Things change, just like the apple juice, right? If you want to keep the apple juice cold, it sounds so bad. Like that seems like it's such a bad call to action. If you want to keep the apple juice cold, you got to hit the like button, right? Does that appeal to anyone? To hit the like. Are people going to do that? Can we make it a thing at least so it doesn't sound that weird? Coffee sounded like a normal thing. Yeah, keep the coffee cocked. Right, why not? Let's do it for Jordan. Hit that like button. Apple juice, screw the apple juice. No one cares. So uh, looking at point per dollar on today's slate. So I, I, what I what I typically do, as usual, is I build 300 lineups with the with the base, the, this is the base settings. Basically, optimal range of outcomes of zero, 300 lineups, unique players one, using nearly all the salary. Like, just, like based on the projections, give me the 300 optimal lineups, right? Cash-type lineups, median bills, right? Just to see what, uh, what positions are strong, what positions are are, are weak. And uh, we got news that Cam Reddish remains questionable Monday. Okay, that doesn't change anything, right? One thirty Eastern, we'll get the new injury report. 5.30 Eastern, we'll get the next injury report. All of this may not even matter, okay? So I like setting this up and then running it. So I go to my lineups. I, I've already run 300. Just to see who shows up. Based on our projections, I think we're projecting, uh, we're projecting Boots pretty, pretty high. We have Boots, we have, Derozan, because all you know, Aldridge is out. Luca, Gay, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, Randall, Tyus Jones, even Reddish, Melton. So we see a lot of Spurs. We got Spurs. We got Grizzlies. Look down here. What do we got down here? Not many Pacers. Trey Young is only two percent of lineups. Drummond only four percent of lineups, Harden five percent, yeah, Butler seven percent, McCollum twelve percent. So right now it looks like the type of build where you're paying up at center, uh, paying up at point guard, and prefers Luca. The projections, which are probably close, prefer Luca over Trey. Right? How close are they? Right. We got, we projecting Trey at fifty five point three eight. Luca at fifty six point nine four, so sl- slightly higher, right? But the ceilings—if you take a look—actually, we have based on our simulation at roto grinders, Trey Young has a higher ceiling. Westbrook has a higher ceiling than Luca today, right? That's what you type. That's those are the types of things you look at for GPP. So although Luca is showing up in a ton of lineups, which may be great. I mean, Luca's still great today. Why? Why not? Uh, Take that with a grain of salt. That the difference of like less than a point in the projection median is causing Luca to come up way above. I mean, light years above Trey Young or Russell Westbrook. But from a ceiling standpoint, Luca could easily be Russell Westbrook or Trey Young. It still shows that you pay up at point guard, right? Pay up at point guard. Small forward. Jamar uh, Rosen is is small forward eligible still, right? Right, yes, he's still small forward eligible. And you got Rudy Gay at small forward. Okay, so we take a look at the small forward position. You got DeRozan, you got Gay, right? Most likely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think based on the current information that a spur will be in a lot of lineups, small forward spots. Let's take a look at power forward. Go over to power forward. We got a lot of Rudy Gay, a lot of Randall, Carmelo, Anderson, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Kyle Anderson. Yeah, it looks like the, the forward spots, Trey Lyles, I guess. Based on our current projections currently right now. Remember, six hours from now, this, this all could be nothing. I'm just, But this is the type, this is the process. So if you wanted to do this at six o'clock Eastern today, this guy's out, this guy's in, this guy's injured, this, the projections change, everything like that. Go in, run 300 lineups and do this and just look and go, Who's more likely to be in these lineups, right? You take a look and you take a look and you go, you know, ton of, you see Grizzlies, you see Spurs, you see Luka, right? You see Vooch. Vooch, Spurs, Grizzlies. I mean, you get a sense of like what the chalk is based on the projections. So that's why looking at center, we have so much Vooch, then Valentinus and Randall, but not much else. So I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna start looking at centers. And I'm gonna sort by salary. Because you didn't see much white side. But I mean it's predominantly because we're projecting Vooch actually for higher raw points than white side. But even if you even if you took this down, I mean, just from a point per dollar range, Vooch stands out better. But I mean, but take a look at the ownership though. I mean, remember, we're thinking about GPPs. If Vooch is going to be 36% owned, like Bam for 300 less is going to be 7% owned, right? Porzingis, I don't know why. I don't think you'd play him at 8,600, but much lower on Sabonis. But similar ceilings. Like Vooch right now is a 63-point ceiling. But like Randall, 63. is 57. Bam, 58. Sabonis, 60. Right within within it, I mean, four hundred dollar difference. So if Sabonis is going to be like, I, think, I mean, take a look. If the difference in ceilings between Sabonis and Vooch is not dramatic, I mean, Vooch has a based on our projections, is a thirty six percent smash rate. Sabonis only has a twenty five percent smash rate, so it's obviously lower, not not ridiculously lower, but lower. But it's a four to one ownership okay so in a vacuum quiz talk in a vacuum vooch at 36 percent owned with the 36 percent smash rate versus sabonis at a nine percent ownership and a 25 percent smash rate for gpps in a vacuum meaning we're not considering you know any other factors in your lineup uh, or correlations or anything sabonis would be a better play and sabonis is also eligible at two positions which means you could fill four spots in your lineup, right? Four spots. Yeah. Power forward, forward utility, center, and then and the everything utility. So it becomes a little bit more valuable to your lineup constructions. So based on that ownership, like once this ownership gets closer, then Vooch becomes a better play, right? Now, Vooch is a higher probability play, but if he's going to be owned by a third of the field, how much relative value do you get from him versus playing Sabonis at only at 9% off? These are the things that you should be looking at. So it's not a matter of, do you think Vooch is going to do well today? I don't think about outcomes. I don't know what Vooch is going to do today. I don't know what Sabonis is going to do today. All I know is that based on the projections that uh, a quarter of the time, Sabonis puts up a score that is GPP relevant, that hits a, a target score, that... You, that will be in a GPP winning lineup. Vooch does it 36% of the time. We're not talking about 80, 90% of the times here. We're talking 36% of the, a third of the time, a little over third, right? But he's also going to be a third owned, right? So basically, three to one, Sabonis puts up a GPP ceiling. The ownership is 10 to one versus you know 9%, 11, 11 to one. 36% is what? Like three to one. 36% is like two and a half to one. I mean, like it's, it's it's almost from an expected value standpoint in a vacuum to place a bonus over Vooch. Even though if you were to ask me, who do you think is going to do well tonight? Who do you think is more likely to do better tonight? Vooch or Sabonis? I would say Vooch. It's it, it, it clearly, the projections clearly believe based on the matchups, based on the totals, based on the everything, that Booch is going to outperform Sabonis more often than not, but not more often than 36 to nine on ownership. So these are the things you need to be thinking about for GPP. So whenever you ask a question of, about GPP plays, do you play this guy or that guy? Like, it's not a matter of who do you think is going to do well tonight. It's a matter of who is the more profitable play. But that's what you're trying to do in DFS is to make money. So who is going to be the more profitable play? So if you play Sabonis over Vooch and Vooch puts up a 70-point game and Sabonis duds, that didn't mean that didn't mean anything. That doesn't, oh, oh, I can't do that again. No, that it's more likely that happens. But you don't win as much money when that happens. If you pick Vooch over Sabonis. But if Vooch duds and Sabonis goes off, you have you have a much higher advantage. You're going to win more money in the long term playing that way. So thinking in those terms. But now, once, you, what now if the ownership was the same, then I would say, then you play Voodoo. You play the better play, right? You play the better raw, whatever. Right? If, if the bonus was the same prize and the same, all these figures are the same, you play the one with the higher projected score. I mean, that's that's simple. But that's why comparing it to ownership. That's why I look through these things. That's why I look and I go at small forward. Power forward. If we're going to see, for instance, and this here's here's a mistake that a lot of people make. They'll go down. They'll look at Rudy Gay right today, or something like that, right? Because me may, may be popular, maybe, and go well. Instead of Rudy Gay, I'll just play Gary Trent Jr. or I'll just play Cam Reddish, or so you know something like that. They'll look here. They'll look in this range, right? This this this, this is what bad players do. I'm telling you what not to do. So, what a bad player will do is go, instead of playing Chalk Rudy Gay, I'm gonna play Kyle Anderson. Not gonna change anything else in my lineup. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play a different 4.3K forward position player. The difference is, is that you're not getting that much leverage because the other seven spots are, are practically gonna be all Chuck, also. So, in order for that pivot to be worthwhile, the pivot needs to Dramatically outscore for their ownership the chalk player. So if Rudy Gay puts up, let's say, 22 points and Kyle Anderson puts up 27 points, and you got, and, and Kyle Anderson is half as owned as Rudy Gay, like how many did you get that much out of it? You got five points at half the ownership. Big whoop. You ain't winning in GPP that way. Gary Trent, if he puts up 28 points instead of Rudy Gay's 18, you got 10 extra points, but the rest of your lineup has no leverage either. So you're like, you're going with everyone up the leaderboard and then, oh, you got that one spot. The one spot that you got the 5% own guy instead of the 24% own guy. But you only gain like 10 points by that. You're going to have to gain more than that to win a large field GPP. So even though, yeah, yeah great. The pivot was okay, great. But the rest of your lineup is still too, It still doesn't have enough leverage. So instead of thinking in terms of, who do I pivot to thinking in terms of, well, if I'm not playing Rudy Gay, then maybe I just pay up at that position to get a different construction. So you're not stuck with a similar lineup as the rest of the field. And then having to rely on that one pivot to go nuts up. Cause that's what that, that's the only one that happens is if you're going to win first place by taking a pretty chalk lineup, pivoting at the, at the cheap spot, and then take it in a cheap player that goes for like, what? They have to go for 60 points in order for you to get enough leverage that way. So that's why I'm more inclined, more inclined, that if Rudy Gay is popular, I look and go, maybe, maybe I'm playing Sabonis in my power forward spot. Maybe I'm, like, we're talking about small forward, especially. Maybe, maybe I'll play. Maybe I'll play Jimmy Butler. Maybe I'll play Evan Fournier. I'm not saying that that's a great play in and of itself, but you could. Maybe you're playing Covington or Warren, Boyan Bagdad. I mean, any of these guys, Kevin Herter. You're just paying up. Don't think in terms of, oh, if I'm not going to play this guy, then I'm going to play that guy and then keep your lineup the same. It may be more beneficial to go, if I'm not going to play that cheap guy there, I'm going to pay up at that position and play the cheap guy at another position that will be less popular only because people are playing the cheap guy at the position that you're playing. Right? If everyone's paying down at power forward and small forward, right? that means the cheap guards are going underowned, because they're already paying down at forward, so they're paying up at guard. So that's why I take a look at this slate in the beginning. And I you see a lot the better plays individually are at the guard spots, right? Young, Luca, Russell Westbrook, McCollum even. Right, this seems like a pay up at guard. Even Zach Levine, if you want, eighty seven hundred. Donovan Mitchell against Cleveland, I guess you could you could go for Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, who's small forward eligible, but he's still guard. He's still playing shooting guard, right? John Morant, if you want. Yeah, looking at this, uh, you see a lot of higher price guards, so they're going to be more popular. So if you could find cheap guards and pay up at powerful. It's like I I am not not paying up at point guard and playing Giannis. That may be contrarian in and of itself. So you go I'm going to play a lineup without these point these 10k point guards, pay up for Giannis. He's playing Miami, so maybe I play Butler on the other side, right? I play Butler Giannis lineups and then fill out the rest. It, in those types of lineups you could play Rudy Gay. You could play Trey Lyles, you could play the the garbage Spurs that are going to be chalk. You can't because now you have a different construction. Now you now now when you go up the leaderboard, you know, now you have 16% Giannis. You have uh where's where's Butler? 18% Butler. They're, they're not like low, low owned, but they're not like heavily, heavily owned. That if those guys do well, you don't have to worry about who did you pivot for on Rudy Gay. Now you could just play Rudy Gay. Who cares? Play him. Play him if you want. That's why thinking about thinking about lineups, not players. Who do I play? Now, what lineups do you play? What do the lineups look like? You play lineups in contest, you don't play players in contest. But going back to my uh the chat, uh like and subscribe. Don't forget, keep the keep the keep keep the keep keep the apple juice cold. I I, I am I gonna continue saying that I'm gonna be on tomorrow. Keep the apple juice cold. Is, is that a good call to action? I don't know. Uh Let's see. Lineup HQ, David Owens. Uh, oh, thank you, David. I mean, this is from a while ago. But now, lineup HQ is a phenomenal tool, whether you MME or play one lineup per slate, I don't know how people make lineups without it. Me neither, I don't. And it doesn't go down, right? I don't remember, like, in the past three years, like, I don't remember lineup HQ, like, around lock time, ever going down, right? Sometimes it's a little slow. I, I, I at least have to, sometimes it could get a little, it could, ah, come on, I need to generate 100 lineups and it's, moving a little slow but it doesn't go down right I gotta throw in it's not it, nothing's perfect but in general this is this is what I use I'm, I eat my own dog food I use lineup HQ it's on my screen all day so like this is what I use okay how do you use smash percentage with ownership I, that's what I was just talking about it you're comparing the smash, the probability of s- smashing versus how old they're gonna be obviously the lo- like, look like look at like the lower the smash percentage obviously the the less likely they hit a ceiling but if they're going to be like nothing owned then that may be fine if a player is going to be like 40% owned and their smash percentage is not anything to write home about then maybe that's someone that you fade but it's still it's more it's about lineups not about specific players okay Anchor says, this guy sounds like a cracked out, drunk, high Dennis Rodman. I don't know. Do I? I'm drinking apple juice. Does Dennis, does Dennis Rodman drink apple juice and eat bananas? I don't think so. Right? Did they do that? I don't know what that comment's supposed to be. Uh, Mike Campbell says he could have won a GPP. Could have, could have, would have, should have, should have won a GPP this year. But of course, I didn't have the extra 100 to get the Zubotch. The one Slate Harold got ruled out. That's how good I run. You didn't have the 100. You should have borrowed it. I would have given you the extra 100. You borrow it. Or DraftKings, you borrow it from DraftKings, right? So you could play 50,100 in salary, right? It's, uh, the, at some point, they'll probably end up doing that. Okay. DFS will test you, but like he said, you play lineups, not necessarily players. It depends on contest, entry size, and dollar amount. That's correct. Build good lineups for the contest that you're in. Don't worry so much about specific players until, until you, you're building constructions. So yes, Luke is a good play today. Yes, Trey's is a good play today. But are both together in the same lineup? Optimal for, for like your expected value in large field GPPs? That may not be. Or it, may, or it could be. You don't know. We don't know at this point. Is Whiteside a bad play today at 9,600? I don't think he's a great play. The projections don't even say he's the greatest of plays, but it's depending on the lineup. He could be perfectly fine. If he's going to be 4% owned and I'm playing and I need a, a high price center in a chalkier lineup. Then maybe I do play Whiteside, but I wouldn't play him. And you know, I'm already contrarian. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll play, a will play Vooch. I'll play Vooch in lineups that are already contrarian. So that, that, that's what I'm talking. About. So like, I, it depends on how you build your lineup. Do you have a position you look to fill first? No. That's why I use lineup builders, okay? One of, the, one of the main reasons, like, look, I built 300 lineups optimally, just whatever, just so I could see. doesn't mean I'm using them. Understand, I'm not using these 300 lineups. This is just to see, like, based on the, uh, the projections, like, look, the first lineup is 290 median. This is 289.06. This is 288.97. This is 288.97. This is 288.93. It's just going to be the, it's just going to try to put together the highest median total, right? Based on the projections and give me the top 300 of them to see who's in them. I do this just so I can see what the constructions are. So I see and I go, look, pay up center, pay up point guard, right? Pay up center, pay up point guard, pay up center, pay up point guard to see what the constructions are. And then I could go and go, well, people are paying up at point guard and paying up at center. How do I pay down at center and pay down at point guard and pay up at Power Phone? Like, that could be a viable route. Is it something that I do today? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But this is what I'm trying to assess. I'm looking at the whole lineup, right? I'm looking at this lineup going, uh, I could, come on, click away. Okay. Do I want to play Tyus Jones today? Probably not, right? Probably not. So it's not a matter of do I play Tyus Jones or Dylan Brooks? I'm just like, okay, pay up, pay down, pay up, pay down. Jonas Valanciunas, okay. Double center, Vuce Valanciunas, Vooch Randall, which is kind of a center, a power forward center. I'm not seeing many cheap power forwards other than Rudy Gay, right? I mean, because you see that all over here. So then I could take a look at this and go, if these are going to be more chalky constructions, how do I still play some of these guys? but not play them in a chalkier construction. How do, play, how do I play Vooch without playing Gay or DeRozan in the lineup? If I don't play Gay or DeRozan at all, maybe I play a Patty Mills. Maybe I play another Spur. Maybe I play a, a, a Deontay Murray or something like that. Because if those guys don't do well, who benefits? What, other, what Spur could, could do well if those guys bomb? Think in those terms. So I'm trying to build lineups. I'm not trying to choose players. I'm not saying I want to play one, two, three, four, and then going, okay, now who do I play? That's why I build with the lineup builder. So let's say, for instance, I'll just show you. Let's say I take a look and I go, I don't want to play Vuc, Gay, DeRozan together. That kind of, and Luca, right? I'm just doing this as an example. Let's say I, I, I specifically don't want to play any of them together, right? I don't want to play anything close to that construction. So I'm building a group that says just most one, Max one. OK? Now, let's build. I'm only going to build a hundred just to save time. OK? Now I'm going to build a hundred based on that, right? My player group, just use one of these. It's going to if it's gays in the lineup, I can't use any of these other players. I want to see what the constructions look like. Okay? Because they're going to be more contrarian. I'm hoping I'm hoping they are. So we go here, Conley, Brooks, Butler, Anthony, Vooch, Tyus Jones, Randall, Jonas Valanciunas. A little bit more contrarian, right? But I don't have any spurs in all these lineups now. I barely have any spurs, right? It's giving me some DeMar DeRozan up here. So what do my DeMar DeRozan lineups look like? I got DeRozan, but I'm playing Valanciunas. So typically in the lineups that since I'm not playing DeRozan and Vooch, who's a center in the same lineups together, it's going to give me more derozan Valanciunas lineups, which may be a little bit more contrarian, slightly more. And then I see uh, some Gobert, some Drummond. So this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at what types of lineups. So as you see, like I didn't put together, I didn't go, well, I'm going to play this guy. And then I'm going to, I didn't do them one by one. When you use a lineup builder, like lineup HQ, it just does it all at once. It doesn't give me the bias of, playing one guy and then this guy and then this guy, you're not getting stuck in a, in a spot where you're like, oh, I need, I need a small forward that's 4,400. Who, who should I play? If you're ever asking a question like that, maybe using a method where you're just making a player pool, building, just saying, these are the players I want, build some lineups, and then take a look at them. So you go, oh, I would have never thought to play these two guys together. I would have never thought about this construction. If you're hand building one by one, you may have never thought, oh, I could, oh, you're right. I could play Randall and Valentinus together and then fade Vooch. I probably wouldn't play Dylan Brooks in this lineup, but whatever. And then you go from there. So that's how you could. even if you're just playing one, you're playing single entry, you're playing three max, you're not building a hundred lineups. You could still use lineup HQ as a tool like this to look at, different constructions. Because maybe you look at this and you go, okay, I don't want any Tyus Jones. Like I don't don't care what, I don't don't care. 3,200 Tyus Jones, I want none. Okay, so you X him out, right? Maybe Cam Reddish gets ruled out or something like that. You don't want any Reddish. You close that, right? I didn't want Jonas and Brooks together for whatever reason. So I'm going to make a player group with Jonas and Brooks. Okay. Let's build another hundred lineups. Like, what do those constructions look like? <coughs> Instead of me just plugging them in with my with the, uh, manually, show me a hundred. Does this look like something that I should be playing? That I would consider playing? Right? Just take a look. It it's it's plugging it in for you. You're not you're not biased by the order that you plug them in. So now you see Conley, Melton, Butler, Anthony, Vooch, White, Randall, Valanciunas. Okay, you start. Okay, now these, these look like more now we could tell just by the projected ownership sum down here that now that's coming down. They're getting more contrarian. And especially if you're playing large field GPPs, you should be worried about you need to play somewhat contrarian in order to take first place in those. So that's a process that you can use. This has nothing to do with what players to play today, okay? It's a process. You can build a lineup. You can tell me, I don't want to play Vooch at all. Perfectly fine. You can say, I play all the Vooch. Okay, that's fine also. What do the lineups look like? You're playing lineups, not players. Okay, so anything else in the YouTube chat? Uh, people talking about yesterday's slate. You said you may build a lineup by hand from time to time. What prompts that? D- typically, uh, when I'm playing higher stakes, GPPs. I used to hand build all the time. Like, I'm not saying that you can't hand build, but I'm already, I already learned how to hand build lineups where I, I don't have to do this. I could I, I could visualize it in my head. I'm just showing you a technique that you can use that helps you more. I still do this, but I mean, I could still hand build a lineup and not be forced into like, oh, I'm definitely going to play these five guys. And then like, who can I fit in that spot? you have to approach building a lineup from a much more holistic standpoint of thinking in terms of the whole picture. What type, am I building a Luka Vucz lineup? Am I building a Giannis DeRozan lineup? Am I building, you know, what positional slot? I'm not playing Trey, but I'm going to play John Collins in this lineup, play Rudy game, the small forward, and then know that I have to get different at center. So I'm playing Valanchunas. Like you can do that hand building, but you still have to learn the process of doing that where you you're, You're still using good players, but you're still building contrarian constructions. At least contrarian enough to have equity in first place in the contest that you're playing. And this is one way to do it. So there you go. Hopefully everyone's been keeping the apple juice cold. Keeping the apple juice cold, I think so. Let's see. Yeah, pretty cold. Pretty damn cold. You must be hitting that uh, thumbs up and like button, right? I'm always in the, in the Discord, the premium Discord, if you're a premium member. RotoGrinders.com slash premium. So it's $40 a month. Why not? Baseball's coming up, right? I'll be in baseball. We'll be playing bomb Vomit stacks galore. What well, we got like 20, 24 days till baseball. And the more thumbs up these shows get, obviously we'll continue into baseball. I hope so. I think so. I have no idea. I'm not in charge. I have no idea what's going to happen. All I know is that uh, if you're playing tonight and I'm in your contests, I want you to come in second. That's all I know. I want to come in first. You can come in second. Okay? So, uh, and we'll go, over, we'll go over this slate. Let's see how, how many things that, uh, that everyone gets wrong in tonight's slate. We'll go over that tomorrow. And I'll, I'll be back tomorrow on the DFS pregame show. Because that's what this is on rotogrinders.com.